Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. We have a lot going on for you here today. Uh, First and foremost, uh, I want to say thank you to everybody that made last night's red carpet premiere here, Iowa Variety, uh, a success. Um, We sold out that theater had a great reaction to it. Um, our own governor, uh, Kim Reynolds, was kind enough to come and see the film. I had a, an opportunity to speak to her pretty uh, in depth about the movie after it was over, and I mean, she was very, very complimentary, and not like in a politician kind of way. You know, I've been around enough of these people; I, I can kind of de- detect that. That's her. She's the real yeah. deal. But I mean, uh, she was very impacted by the film, as were the people that were there. We have uh, received some incredible reviews just in the last uh what is it now 22 hours since uh we got a chance to speak to y'all uh including one from digital journal i i tried to post those all up in my social medias uh at steve day show on twitter for example steve dace on facebook me we and gab um i try to keep those posted so you guys can read them as well uh the review from digital journal was incredible I gave it four and a half out of five stars, talked about how well the movie has acted, uh, had a lot of well-deserved accolades for our two stars, Sean Patrick Flannery and Jordan Belfi, and uh, also uh, just uh, also talked about how much this movie is going to make you think when it's over. Uh, the, the, uh, their, their review said, basically, the movie isn't over when it ends. Okay, you're thinking about it will actually just begin uh, in terms of what the movie does and the impact that it has on you. So I woke up this morning feeling a little emptier. I mean, I'm very excited for you guys to all see the film. It's been I know I know there's got to be at least some of you like I'm excited for it to come out, too. So just quit talking about the damn thing. We can move on. I get that, too. Um, but I'm, I don't get me wrong. I'm very excited for all of you to see it. But the uh, you know, I never really understood when I covered sports for a living and you talk to athletes after they retire and they'd say stuff like, yeah, I don't miss playing the sport as much as. I miss being in the locker room. I miss the camaraderie, right? And the team of us that have been part of uh, making this journey from day one have overcome so many obstacles, challenges, everything from finances to health. So many times we thought this movie was just not going to finish or ever get made. And uh, that that you build a camaraderie with people when you go through something like that, when you go through a level of of, of battle like that. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I kind of now it, that part of it is, is that phase of it's kind of over now, you know, and it just kind of feels like I'm going to I'm going to miss that camaraderie, you know, uh, but I am very anxious. Theaters around the country are final screen count for the film. Nine hundred and thirty three screens are going to carry the film beginning tonight and then the rest tomorrow. And I'm I'm uh, folks. No way. There's no way we even get, we do better than a little more than half of that without the work that you guys have done the last few weeks. I mean, the reaction that uh, the theater chains have had uh, to um, your uh, persistence and uh, lobbying for the films just made a tremendous difference, no question about it. The the calls, all the pre-sale ticket orders. And so here, here's what we want to do to say thank you to all of you uh, that did this. Um, because I know a lot of you are taking groups of people, small groups of people. Here's what we want to do. I, I mentioned this in the second hour yesterday, so let me mention it in the first hour today. All right. Uh, we want to give you a very a one-time offer. We're going to give you a special license and a digital copy of the film. 
If you take 15 or more people to see it in the theater this weekend for opening weekend, if you take 15 or more people, uh, then um, we and you give us a photo of your receipt. And, and Fandango, I think, only lets you order like nine tickets at a time. So if you've got to send us a couple of receipts, I did nine on Fandango, six more on the second order. That's okay, too. All right. Uh, so if, if you took a group of 15 or more to the movie here for opening weekend in the theater near you, we're going to give you a free church or group license uh, that for a year to show for your church or group. A free license for a year for your church or group if you take 15 or more for opening weekend just send us a photo of the receipts uh at groups at nefariousmovie.com that's groups at nefariousmovie.com and uh, thank you to all of you that ha- made it possible for us to reach as many people as we're going to have an opportunity to reach this weekend and beyond with the movie we could not have done it without you also we want to thank uh, our partners who give us an opportunity to reach people like you that are watching and listening right now uh, and a lot of times it's for not just any old business but an outstanding cause like our friends over at preborn uh, they understand that here in a post row world the the life issue really now has be has become hand-to-hand combat mother-to-mother combat. They wage it literally on the streets. They find uh, mothers in crisis pregnancy who are contemplating killing their child. Uh, They confront them. Uh, They do it gently, but it is a confrontation. They show them the ultrasound of their baby. About 80% of the time over the course of their ministry, they have found that pricks the conscience of the mom and she won't go through with the killing of her child. And so that is highly successful and been highly successful in saving about 200,000 children in the history of their ministry. On top of that, though, they know that the war is not quite over, that the mom is in crisis still. And so they offer a ton of stuff pro bono from counseling to car seats, uh, postnatal care. uh, And all of this, whether it's the ultrasounds or the support, all of it comes for free because of donations from people like you. All right. Who knows? Someday you may meet a baby that you've rescued and maybe become a monthly sponsor and receive stories and pictures of the babies that you have helped to save, to donate. Just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby on your mobile phone. Pound 250 and say the keyword baby on your mobile phone or go to preborn.com slash Steve. That's preborn.com slash Steve. All right, coming up uh, later in the program, three non-political questions. I I continue to get a lot of uh, messages from people who say, how do I sell this movie with its R rating to my church, to my pastor? We'll discuss that in Theology Thursday. Um, That and so much more to come. Oh, at the bottom of this hour, we're going to talk to a company that defied COVID stan and helping people find jobs and they're still at work and we want to give them some more support uh, and some more exposures. So we're going to talk to the CEO of Red Balloon coming up at the bottom of this hour. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Tim Scott for president. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott says he's forming an exploratory committee about a potential run for president. He made the announcement in a video posted on social media. On this day. No. No, no. We now know at least 18,000 head of cattle perished after an explosion and subsequent fire earlier this week at a dairy farm 
in Texas. Only a small percentage of South Fork Dairy's cows survived. One person was injured in the explosion and is in critical condition. No cause of the explosion has yet been discovered. According to documents obtained by the Daily Cloud, Pfizer knew 31% more people died in the vaccine group of their sham clinical trials than the placebo group. Pfizer also didn't do their due diligence to find whether the 21 jabbed people who died died from the jab. Just totally on the up and up. More video is coming out of Dr. Anthony Fauci's deposition from late last year. He was asked to explain why he told Dr. Death, Ezekiel Emanuel, the dangerous drug remdesivir was being recommended to treat COVID. This video, courtesy again of Texas Lindsay on Twitter. Who is Ezekiel J. Emanuel? Ezekiel J., better known as Zeke Emanuel, is a vice provost at the University of Pennsylvania and was at a time and might still be the director of the division or program of medical ethics at the university at the, at the university. university of pennsylvania uh, in this email chain he says to you on the second to last page i'm a bit perplexed by your seeming strong endorsement of remdesivir was it just a bit forced my reading was the data were weak and in normal times for normal disease it is not enough to approve and very likely to really impact COVID-19 disease pattern, regardless of supply issues. Do you see that? Yeah. And what, were you what was he talking about there? There was a clinical trial that showed a modest effect, but nonetheless a clear but modest effect of remdesivir, which is an antiviral drug used for the treatment of COVID-19. And when the announcement came out of the clinical trial, I believe I said this is a good thing that we have a drug when we had no other drugs. This is well before Paxlovid. So we had no good drugs for COVID. And when the study came out, I was pleased that we had a drug that at least had a modest effect, Zeke who is a good person, said, my reading of the data were weak and normal times for normal disease, not enough to approve, yada, yada. And I write back and say, Zeke, I did not strongly endorse it. I specifically said that it was not a knockout drug, but was only a baby step in the development, in the direction of developing more and better drugs. I said it was important because it proved in a well-powered, which it was, randomized, which it was, placebo-controlled trial that one can suppress the virus enough to see a clinical effect as modest as that effect was. At a high school in Toronto, Canada, Gen Z students are rebelling against Tranny Madness. This video was captured yesterday at York Mill Collegiate Institute. For those of you listening, those are students surrounding and booing and accosting a tranny activist holding a so-called transgender flag before one of the students rips it away. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, I'll allow it. Meanwhile, this week, Donald Trump Jr. said in an interview, trannies are all right as long as they're above the age of 18. If you're an adult and you want to be trans and you do it, great. Yeah. If you're happy, you're productive. I actually Forcing don't it on give the a 
Like, I'm like, fairly that's liberal the crazy on the part. issue. Joe Biden was in Ireland with his son Hunter the other day. He told the world he loves his granddaughters, except the one they don't talk about. The great thing about granddaughters is they're crazy about their grandfather. Uh, I've worked on it from the very, you think I'm joking, I worked on it from the very beginning. And finally, Joe finds out that Hunter lost his laptop. This is from at Mays Moore on Twitter. What are you doing here? Dad, I'm fine. What are you doing? Well, I, look, the mistakes get made. They can, well, I made a lot of decisions that I probably shouldn't have made. It could lead to just a horrible outcome. We're, we're in a better position economically and politically. We are, we still have real problems. To me, it's not something that is difficult to explain. Look. There could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that it was, the, that it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. Not one serious journalist has ever accused, has ever come to the conclusion that I did anything wrong. What, what, yeah. is there any breathing room? It's hard. Look, we reduced drug prices. You can watch that entire hilarious video interview mashup by following at Moore on Twitter. And that's what happened while we were away. Gosh. Maze is talented. He does stuff like that a lot. Or she, I don't know. We're so screwed. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all kinds of interesting situations problems, dilemmas. Uh, and if that's you, uh, make sure you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month via Bambi, available by phone, email, and even real-time chat. So onboarding, uh, anything from onboarding determinations can run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulation. Uh, Bambi's HR autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, uh, training, feedback, etc. U.S.-based company, month-to-month, -month, no long-term contracts. It's a great way to avoid, if you're a small businessman, biting Biting the bullet for an HR manager that might cost you up to 80 grand a year is a big ask. How about $99 a month and it's month to month via Bambi? Go to Bambi.com right now. B-A-M-B-E. B-A-M-B-E. Bambi.com right now. Type in Steve Dace under podcast when you sign up and uh, see what happens. Again, that's Bambi.com. Type in Steve Dace under podcast at Bambi.com. Coming up in the overtime today for Blaze TV subscribers, we will discuss... The presidential prospects of one Senator Tim Scott from the state of South Carolina. That'll be for Blaze TV subscribers later today at blazetv.com slash dace. And you'll get to watch that later today. Once we upload it for you, we'll record it right after the show. All of you else that are not yet subscribers, if you'd like to become one, uh, just 10 bucks a month. You can also go to blazetv.com slash dace today to make that happen. All right, let us let us get to the montage. Two things that I want to address here. Uh, number one, Fauci. It, there's I don't even know what to say to this. There, there. What 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 he's confronted with in that deposition to make it as simple for you as possible is someone whose qualifications he himself affirmed when he was asked, "Who is this person?" Someone whose qualifications he himself affirmed. And so he's in the club. Okay, he's in the, he's in the biomedical fascist pharma state club. Okay, not a dissenter. He's a member of the party in good standing. 
I mean, he's in such good standing. I mean, the dude was advocating for basically, hey, nobody should live past the age of what, 75? What was it? Yes. Uh, 10, 15 years ago? Yes. And, in, and, and, and yet he looks at the Rendemsevere data and says, this is not, first of all, we tried it with cancer. It's got a black box warning. It's not a good drug. The data on it with COVID is weak and it causes renal failure. We need a better law. What he's basically saying to Fauci is this lie won't hunt. I mean, this, this, this is such a bad lie that it will come back to bite us. It'll reverb on us. I mean, the data is so weak, we can't spin this. That, that's essentially what that, what that gentleman is saying to Fauci. That, that's what that intra-party communication is. Hey, this is wrong canard. This one won't work. Come up with another ruse. Come up with another narrative, another, because this one won't serve the agenda. It's too flim-flam. Fauci's reaction... Yeah, we'll do it anyway. Just do it anyway. And if you took that drug, far greater likelihood that you experience some form of kidney problem than any any solving of your COVID problem. And then how about hearing Fauci say on camera, under oath, there were no other drugs. There were no other drugs. There were no other drugs I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't need to give people like Harvey Risch and P, Pierre Corey something else to do, okay? But they ought to be suing him for saying that. There ought to be a lawsuit filed against him right now for claiming under oath there were no other available drugs that could have treated COVID-19 at this time. So they had no choice but to give you this one that not only didn't work, but caused kidney failure. The first test of data I'm aware of, by the way, for endemsevere took place here in Iowa at the University of Iowa in the summer of 2020. It's in Fauci, we mentioned it in Fauci and Bargain. And what the University of Iowa's medical staff found was the drug didn't treat COVID and, and caused kidney failure, which is exactly what everybody else found who treated people with it. So how bad the, the, ba- the drug is so bad that even one of Fauci's fellow fiends is saying to him, yeah, dude, that, come on, we got to come up with something better than that. I got an email from somebody yesterday who he, they had created a meme and it said, we'd like to, we'd like to replace one of your play sets. And it was a picture of a, of uh, a Pfizer syringe. We'd like to replace one of your play sets, and that was the Pfizer syringe, with a new play set, and it was a gallows. And then it said, you can swing from your new play set now. Yes. After a fair trial, of course. Of course. Of course. Not savages. We just want retribution. All right, the other thing I want to talk about is Don Jr.'s comments on training madness. What, what, what Don Jr., and, and I've mentioned this on the show before, on the cultural issues, he speaks our language more than any other member of the Trump family does. And if you follow him on social media, I do. I mean, he doesn't shy away from these issues at all. He jumps in, dives in on them constantly. We used to say on our show a lot, no man can rise above their own worldview. Worldview is destiny. 
Let me say that again. Worldview is destiny. You will not rise above your own worldview. You cannot. Because your worldview is the foundation of your belief system. Your belief system will be what therefore dictates your actions, thoughts, responses, emotions, principles. It's your eyes to see and ears to hear. Indeed. And then those actions, responses, emotions, thoughts, principles are what will ultimately testify to everybody your true worldview. They work together in concert. All human psyches, all of them, that are, in, that, are, that are in good mental health standing. All human psyches have worked this way from the dawn of our species. It's just a matter, which, which, what's different, depending on era, custom, culture, language, what's different is what we plug into those components. But those components are the constants. The variables are what get plugged in. So it's a, it's, it's a constant that all human beings that are not under some form of a psychotic break will have the, their worldview be the foundation of their beliefs. All, the, the variable is what worldview do we plug in there? The constant is that the worldview will then dictate the beliefs we will have. The variable will be what are those beliefs as a result of the worldview? The variables are what we put, what, what, what we fill in the blanks. The worldview equals beliefs equals what people see our behavior are the constants. Worldview is destiny. You cannot rise above your own worldview. A culture cannot rise above its own worldview. I promise you what Don Jr. communicated in that email, I'm sorry, in that interview, the vast majority of our peer group on the right thinks the exact same thing. I would go so far as to say there won't be a single presidential candidate in this race who if they were asked the same question, you okay if adults decide they want to be transvestites? I mean, they, might, they might go as far as to say, I mean, I find the whole behavior to be disgusting, but ultimately as an adult, you have the freedom to make disgusting decisions if you're not going to impose them upon other people. Blessings of liberty and Yes, all. yes. I, I, I promise you the amount of people in this audience that, will, that, that, that hold any, any elected office in the Republican Party nationwide or want to, or in, or in the process of wanting to as we speak. I'd put the number 75, 80%. Is that high? That's, That's pretty high. high. Yeah. I'd put the number 75, 80%. If I was setting odds, that'd be my over underline. 75, 80% would agree with exactly what Don Jr. said. Here's the thing. It, it might even be preferable to live in a world like that. I think you can make an argument that having adults go too far in policing each other's personal moral decisions, no matter how heinous they may be, creates its own tyranny, right? Yes, for sure. Inquisitions, antifadas, creates its own tyrannies. For sure. Uh, there's a tension there. I, I'm not saying there is no tension there. I'm not saying that. Here's what I'm saying. That's why I started the conversation with worldview. That worldview, though, is what got us here. They didn't just start teabagging the kids in the libraries in 1988. First, they had to convince you that it was okay for two guys who 
are attracted to each other instead of girls to have sex with each other. They had to convince you of that in 1988. They had to normalize that first. Anything has to be normalized, by the way. It's because it's not normal. Fair? Just by just by for just basic definitions here. If you have to normalize something, it's because it's not normal. That's why you have to normalize it. But that argument. Now, I I don't know. I, I don't know where the actual line is. Where does the line go from policing your personal immorality causes more tyranny than allowing it right i don't i don't know where that is you know um and we and throughout history we have seen it violated on both sides for if we're being honest students of history okay this is and the founders didn't know where it was either guys that that, that's why benjamin franklin said a republic if you can keep it that's why john adams said hey man this way of life's really only going to work with a moral and religious people because they're not going to seek those kinds of lines they're going to already have those lines drawn in their own conscience because they know they're accountable to God. So they're not, even, they're not even going to consider doing some of these things because of a fear of God. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, because the founders would say, dude, if you don't fear God, I don't know why the hell you'd fear government. <laughs> right? And I think you could probably even make an argument. Like if he had gone on to say, I also find that abhorrent. If adults want to do this, I find that abhorrent. You're mutilating yourself. But I'm afraid that what it would take to prosecute that would create more tyranny than, than would defend liberty. You'd be on the wrong side of the equation. But he didn't say that, though, did he? No. He actually said he was fairly liberal on the issue. He actually said that, okay? Now, I don't think 75, 80% of the people in this audience or in Republican office or seeking Republican office would go that far, that they're totally fine with it. They're liberal on it. Do it if you want. I'll even hang out with you. Like, I don't think that's the case. I also don't think, though, the number's like 0% either. I can tell you, though, every time you accept the premise of your opponent's argument, you lose. And since I don't know what the, what the line is right now, where we're pushing back on this, even into the adult populations, what would it do? What, what, I, since I don't know where that line is, I'm a revival or bust guy. Because I do know if you have a healthy relationship with your creator, you are far more likely to be content with the way he made you than if you do not. Amen. And then we don't have to discuss what, it, what, what what's the legal equilibrium here on the seesaw. How far, you know, how much of this do we have to put up with? What's the, you know, how do we balance those scales? I, I, you know, that's what having a, a godly society provides you, is you don't have to balance those scales. The scales are balanced within the godly. We don't have a godly people anymore, though. And so now we have to do all this moral math all of the time. And and there really isn't an easy formula. There isn't a, a place where we just know, hey, right away, that's the amount of, of that's the amount of government to properly enforce people's personal moral decisions and 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 won't have any reverb or set a precedent that will be used against you later. On. I, I don't know what that line is. Maybe you, do you guys know. I don't know what it is. Okay. Children are the so the reason we always revert to the kids is that's the obvious place. We all know that goes too far. We all know polluting the next generation goes too far. We all recognize that that's a good place. I agree with that too. 
Okay. But understand that once we say that this is, this filth is okay in this context, just leave the kids alone. They're never going to leave the kids alone. We tried that. And that's how we got to this place where they're not leaving the kids alone in the first place. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts? That's why I think this is dumb. This isn't theoretical. This doesn't even have to be theological. Just it's it's right there. What's going on right now? They aren't just running off and living their own lives. And I'm not I have I don't lose a wink of sleep at night worrying about over policing because the only police problem is they, what they're doing to police us. Mm-hmm. What social media in our schools, cops following me around in a, in a semi-rural school district. They have the police power right now. They're abusing it. Our, we, 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 did, we clearly didn't do enough 10, 20, 30 years ago. We should have been policing harder. I don't, I don't, I just don't, Don, Don Jr. is, uh, I, I don't need him to be a theologian on this. I, I need him to just look out the window. That's what I need him to do. It's, hmm. they're not just going out and living and letting live. They aren't. So that's adorable, Don Jr., but it's utterly insufficient to where we live right now. It doesn't know what time it is. Self-government doesn't just mean voting for elected representatives, people who are supposed to represent what you think, feel, and believe. Self-government means self-governing, governing yourselves. And for the longest time in this country, because of its founders, because of its um, progenitors, there was a critical mass of people who understood that on some level. Mm-hmm. Now that that critical mass is gone, we're kind of coasting on the fumes. And I think Don Jr. is emblematic of this. We don't know what to do with the other mass, the other mass that's growing. And so we get some sort of fence riding. And uh, I think Jen, your former, former co-host, used to say, only thing you get from riding the fence is a sore crotch. <laughs> well said. Now a word about my underwear, because why not? It's great underwear. It's from Tommy John, and I can't give a. I guess I could sit here and tell you it's uh, you know their 15th year anniversary, uh, and they want to make it crystal clear to you because crystals the gift you give for a 15th anniversary. Uh, they want to make it crystal clear to you how good this product is, um, and I could mention all of their great talking points. And they all can tell you why they've sold 20 million pairs of Tommy John underwear. But here's the best thing I can ever say about them. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not gay. I'm not headed that way. So I don't know what moisture wicking means. All right. Uh, Todd, email Lindsey Graham and ask him what that means, if you don't mind. No. Okay. Uh, here's what I can tell you. They gave me a few pairs for free to get this thing started a few years ago, man. And I have loved their product so much. It's the only underwear that I have bought ever since. That's, I can't give it a better, that's the best talking point I can give you is when I pay out of my own pocket for a client's product because of how good it is. And that's how good Tommy John is. 20% off your first order right now. Try it like I did. You'll become addicted to it like I have. TommyJohn.com slash Steve. 20% off. And yes, you can see if you're watching on Blaze TV, 
They've got stuff for the ladies there, as you can see in the picture as well. TommyJohn.com slash Steve. Again, that's TommyJohn.com slash Steve. Andrew Krapuschitz, did I get it right? Did I get it right? Man, Nailed I have been, it. Did I nail it? Okay. Because I've got, I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm under a lot of pressure on multiple fronts right now, Andrew, but I have felt no pressure quite like, is, am I going to pronounce that name correctly when we brought you on here today? <laughs> All right. He is, uh, he is the CEO of Red Balloon. Who are they and why are we talking to them? Well, after you find out who they are, you'll know why we're talking to them. So, Andrew, it's a pleasure to have you on the show with us today here on Blaze TV. How are you? I'm doing really well. Nice to uh, see you, Steve. I'm glad you're feeling better. Uh, and if you can tell from my background, I'm at a hospital because my wife had back surgery last night and she's feeling amazing. So oh. thank you to the uh, U.S. American uh, me- Modern Medicine because it's amazing and I'm very grateful. Very thankful as well. Thank you. And uh, I'm glad she's feeling better. That is no joke at any stage of life. No, but no doubt about it. So good. All right. Let's start with a very obvious first question. Who's Red Balloon and why should my audience care? Yeah, exactly. So uh, Red Balloon is America's leading non-woke job board. So if you're looking for freedom at work or if you're an employer and you decide that you would like to hire people who aren't going to be a snowflake in the HR department, but instead are actually going to do their job and show up and work, uh, redballoon.work is where you are going to find those people. Um, It's called Red Balloon because if you've ever been on a hot air balloon, it's a little bit terrifying and a lot bit fun, kind of like looking for a new job. And people are moving to red states and red businesses and red uh, areas of blue states and then dot work because dot com sounded too much like communist to me and we're not into communism we're into work so red balloon dot work is where you can find great workers where you can find great jobs um, and it's where americans who love freedom go to make sure that they are finding their next employment opportunity there are companies that are actually specifically looking for non-woke employees really it is, it is shocking. So this business is only about 18 months old. I was a CEO of a large tech company, and my board decided I was a little too conservative and Christian for their liking. And so I found myself delightfully unemployed about two years ago. So mm. I was part of that cancel culture excitement. And I thought, if this happened to me, it's probably going to happen to a lot of other people out there. Um, and Steve, it's been amazing. In 18 months, we have over 3,000 employers who have signed a pledge wow. that they will protect the freedom of their current and future employers up to and including medical freedom and that they think the constitution the u.s constitution still matters and applies to all of us so that's three thousand employers and over a million job seekers have been on the site looking for freedom and steve i've run a lot of businesses over the years it's the only one i've ever run where i get these unsolicited thank you notes from perfect strangers a lady wrote me in dallas she said i just wanted you to know that you saved my marriage because my husband was at a job where they were it was a woke oppressive work environment they did not like his worldview he found a new job through redballoon.work and lo and behold it changed the trajectory of their family her words not mine Hmm. and he's now happier at home he's happier in their community um, and their family is thriving because he has a good job because we know if you're going through DEI training after DEI training and you're not allowed to be free at work you're going to bring that stuff home you're going to bring that stuff to your community and look if we want if we believe that politics are downstream from culture we need to get at the fountainhead of culture which I believe is the family is the church and is your vocation and so if we can help people be free at work at scale it starts to move the needle in this country are there any particularly in this in the current um uh biden era and 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 you know they did this in the obama era as well let's just do stuff that we think probably is an unconstitutional 
or isn't constitutional and just dare the other side to find a judge or a Supreme Court that will stop us. Like, you know, like a, the vaccine mandate. I know you guys were, were big in opposing that, and I want to get to that here in a second. So let's set that topic yeah. aside. But just in, in a general rule, these aren't people that respect the social compact, let alone the Constitution. And so That's do they are they, have you have you had any EEOC threats or anything of that nature about openly filtering out job applicants based on a belief system? Yeah, um, we have not actually. And in fact, you'd be surprised a lot of job applicants actually filter themselves out. So we have over a thousand job seekers a week who are coming to the site, who are filling out their resumes. And we have about a dozen of those who'll be like, oh, you guys are all about freedom. We're not into that. You guys um, are those conservatives. We don't necessarily trust those people. Um, and so we have found that people actually um, self uh, filter um, through the, the the site, and then all the employers. We actually go through an approval process and make sure that they're the type of employers that our job seekers are going to want to work for. Mm-hmm. So um, we have not had any problems with that. And in fact, for a lot of businesses, um, people like Hillsdale College or Louder with Crowder or Children's Health Defense, we actually do a cultural screen for their employees. We filter their resumes, and we make sure that the people that you're talking to as a business are going to be a fantastic. cultural fit and there are ways to do that that are perfectly legal and we all know the cost of a bad hire at an organization mm-hmm. um, is astronomical. It's mm-hmm. not just the cost of firing them and getting rid of them. It's the cultural cost. When you have to walk on eggshells around this certain individual who needs their pronouns pronounced just the right way, um, that is destroying to your culture. It's bad for your business. And we want to get back to just good business. Let's get away from all of this ridiculous woke political correctness in the workplace. And if we can do that, businesses are going to thrive and America is going to do a lot better. Are you worried about infiltration? You worried about the other side forming a company? Yeah, we're looking for non-woke employees. And then they just so over-the-top, ham-fisted go about carrying that out to clearly try to beg, you know, basically use Red Balloon as a Scopes monkey trial, if you get the analogy I'm using, to beg um, some sort of federal court question, um, you know, because they do stuff like that on the other side. Yeah, they do. Um, You know, I'm not particularly worried about that because we do go through this filtering and approval process for the employers. Um, Look, a lot of uh, uh, self-respecting liberals would not, you know, who don't believe in freedom, would not even want to be anywhere near redballoon.org. We have a video game called Pronoun Landmines on the site. So um, we are are doing things to try and make it so that it is clear that uh, this is a group of people who just want to get back to work. And the reality is not everybody on redballoon.org is a conservative. A lot of these people are just folks who realize that freedom is how what made America great in the first place. And mm-hmm. if we can get back to that, mm-hmm. we're going to have a better country. Um, am I worried about a Trojan horse where they're coming in and trying to do that? Well, um, I think that those people are going to be sniffed out pretty quickly because, um, you know, it's hard for them to say things like values and culture and freedom uh, with a straight face. I was talking to an executive at CareerBuilder and he said, I don't know that I agree with your politics, but you might have just found a market niche that happens to be half the country <laughs> and all the major big job boards are afraid to touch. Um, because, you know, we hear stories all the time of employers who are told they're not allowed to post jobs on Indeed.com because they describe their business as God-fearing and freedom-loving. And so they're being canceled from even spending money on Indeed.com. So I think there is plenty of room to grow okay. uh, for redbloom.org. In other words, their case becomes more difficult 
uh, to land in a court if they're already prosecuting the other side of the equation. If they're already saying, hey, we don't want to list your job. If you list yourself as a God-fearing, patriotic company, we don't list you. Okay. So that's you guys right. are just simply listing people who are saying they do. So you're doing the opposite. Hey, you that's who you want to be. We will list you then. All right. Okay. 100%. And, and we even Fair put enough. together an employee... And we even put together an employee bill of rights and responsibilities written by Laura, the labor lawyer. We have a, a 20 year labor lawyer. She went to Harvard Law School. She fought the good fight in the People's Republic of California for 20 years, helping protect freedom. And she wrote an employee bill of rights and responsibilities. You can download that for free. And basically, um, we are showing that there. Uh, the right, conservatives, people who love freedom, we don't know our rights as much as we should. Um, and there's a lot more room that you have, but you get these veiled threats, right? You saw this with Elon Musk and BBC where they're like, you know, a lot of hate speech. He's like, okay, give me an example, right? right. And the problem is a lot of conservatives get this veiled threat and then they kind of go into their little clamshell. Oh, okay, I need to be really careful. Like, no, actually you can do a lot to make sure that you are hiring the right people. The whole hiring process, the whole interview process, it is discriminating in one sense, and I'm careful of that word, but you're saying I'm hiring this person and not this person, um, not based on skin color or anything else. You're just saying, I think that this person's going to do the job better than this other person. And so there's a lot more freedom that we have um, that we're not even using. And so I'm encouraging conservatives, people who love freedom, uh, stand up for your rights and don't, uh, don't be afraid. All right. Final thing I want to talk to you about is the COVID angle. This is where I first heard about you guys. And I I did not. I, I referred a not insignificant amount of people to your company during that pe- during the period of the of the poison poke mandate. Uh, yeah. People that were looking, how do I know my job's going to fire me? Where do I go? Is there a place I can go to find out who would hire me uh, despite the the mandate? Who's enforcing it? Who will defy it? Who's fighting it? Etc. That's where you guys first came on my radar, and I, I referred a lot of people that came to me with those questions to your company. How did you guys get involved on that side of the fight? Yeah, well, thank you. Well, um, I'm and grateful for all the people you sent our direction. Look, we started as a non-woke pro-freedom job board, um, and then the vaccine mandate came along, and we said, look, we have a strong belief that you should talk to your doctor, not your HR department, about what you put in your body. That doesn't sound actually too revolutionary, but um, during a time period in our uh, American history, it was revolutionary to believe that uh, doctors should be giving you advice, not your HR department, about what you put in your body. And it was just a complete curb stomping of people's freedom to not be able to treat them like an adult and be able to say, you can make your own decisions. And while I have very strong opinions um, against vaccines and against the COVID vaccine particularly, um, I believe that people should be free to do what they want to do um, as long as they have the information to uh, make the right decision for themselves. Um, and this is part of the uh, head bonk that I got in with my board of do we treat our employees like adults or do we try and nanny them and tell them what they have to put in their body, um, whether they have pronouns, all of these things. And mm-hmm. I just was not on board with that. So so we started with that issue. But there's a lot of issues in, in the workforce today, Steve. I mean, I heard from a lady at Microsoft. She had an American flag for her team's background and was told that is triggering to other employees oh, who are at Microsoft because it's a sign of white supremacy. And so you need to take that down. So it's not just the vaccine, although that's a big one. There's a lot of uh, freedom uh, curb stomping happening in the workplace today, and we're trying to push back against all that that's just stuff's just not even parody anymore that we would have written you know satirical articles about that stuff just five or ten years ago and yet it's mainstream everywhere you go now uh, so how can our audience find you and uh, take part in your service 
Yeah, so you can go to redballoon.work, you can download Employee Bill of Rights, that's a free service. Um, you can look for jobs on there. There's a lot of other resources that we're continuing to develop. If you're an employer and you're tired of paying recruiters a lot of money uh, to get people that they actually didn't know except for 20 minutes ago, or if you are tired <laughs> of giving money to Indeed and ZipRecruiter because they hate your worldview, then you should come to redballoon.work. You're going to find um, the best kind of employees. You're going to find a lot of joy and freedom in the workplace. Um, you can follow us on all of these social media platforms, both the woke and the non-woke ones, at Red balloon work um, and we would love you to join this movement it's actually a lot of fun red balloon dot work is where you want to go red balloon dot work andrew thank you guys for this outstanding service uh, and the work you are doing and uh, may your house increase and i hope your wife continues to heal and get better okay thank you thanks so much steve you bet so that's another discussion of building a parallel economy I, I don't believe like an official national divorce is possible. I don't, I don't think these people will let us go. We have to be fixed and they are here to fix us. I mean, they are the fulfillment of C.S. Lewis's warning that there is no worse tyranny than the do-gooder who's convinced they're on a mission from uh, a false God. And that's what Karen Stan and the spirit of the age is absolutely on that mission. But there are ways that we can create a national divorce in almost a self-sorting. And that's what he described. And that's what services like Red Balloon help us to do right away. We'll find out. I mean, this is who we are. You probably won't want to work here because we're not going to change just for you. No matter how good at your job you are right away, you'll just move on. Right. That's the difference between Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis. The other, the other people are the other sides. People are still fine invading Texas for low tax woke corporatism because they think it'll be tolerated. They don't, see, they don't see Greg Abbott going out there and using the levers of government to punish their worldview that you see Ron DeSantis. That's why you read stories about people like, well, we're going to groom your kids. We got to leave Florida now. We want to see more of those stories. May that house increase all over the country as well. This is one of those things where it's like, how did, how did, this, how did nobody come up with this idea until now? I mean, this is one of the fastest ways, and that's not a knock at, at all because it's a great idea because this is one of the fastest ways to self-sort what better way to self-sort than with jobs and people who are just like, hey, um, do you believe in just working and getting your crap done and doing a good job and doing a good job? Okay, you can come work for us. I was just playing the video game that they have on their website, Pronoun Landmines. It's hilarious. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Actually, I made my way up from janitor to, I think, account manager or account salesperson or something like that before I finally got done in by a landmine. But it's not just a fun game. It really is a freaking landmine. I mean, the guys in my small group talk about working. Well, one of them works for, um, for, for one of the corporations just mentioned there, one of the mega corporations. The things that you have to police yourself to speak about, the landmines, if you will, just out of this world, just out of this world. No sane person should have to be worried about what, you know, what, what pronouns they use. And yet that's the world that we live in. And so now that's created an opening for places like Red Balloon. And it's a tremendous, tremendous idea. I absolutely know how Red Balloon didn't happen till now. My wife showed me a Babylon Bee uh, yesterday. Transgender person uh, uh, claims uh, it, she is being victimized while punching person in the face. <laughs> that, it, it's smaller versions of that for years. We've convinced ourselves. So when they come to us with these things and we just say, well, you know, that's the Constitution. That's just how it is. 
and they've been we've been terrorized with what we perceive what their definition of the rule of law is and we believed it's somehow this suicide pact that we have no autonomy whatsoever that they dictate all the terms and he just looked at that babylon b at some point and said nah about time yeah about yeah. time need to be saying nah no variations of those words a lot more yes in the times in which we live right now Here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Let us know what you think about what we think via the email, steve at stevedace.com, or you can also find us on social media. Look for me, Steve Dace, on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find me at Truth Social, at Real Steve Dace there, at Real Steve Dace there. Uh, D-E-A-C-E is how to spell the last name if you're new here. Uh, also, if you're new here and have yet to do so and you listen to the podcast, please leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Hit subscribe or follow. And thank you to all of you, the thousands upon thousands that have done that for us already. We greatly appreciate each and every one. We also appreciate MD Hearing Aid. Uh, they came on uh, l- late last year, uh, came on board the program. I've had a chance to give my uh, stepdad uh, access to one of their outstanding hearing aids, FDA registered rechargeable hearing aids that cost a fraction of what your typical hearing aids cost, um, maybe as much as over 90% less, and they work like a charm. Uh, my stepdad, Jim, absolutely loves it. Every time I see him, he makes a point of saying, hey, that this was a godsend, man. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. MD Hearing was founded by an ENT surgeon who saw how many of his patients needed hearing aids, but couldn't afford them. So he made it his mission to develop a quality hearing aid that anyone could afford. If you want to see if this is right for you or someone you love, all right, you can get their smallest hearing aid ever when you go to MD Hearing, MD as in medical doctor, mdhearing.com. Use the promo code Steve to get their new buy one and get another for $149.99 each. So that's two for 300 bucks. You can't beat it. Two for 300 bucks when you buy a pair and it includes a free extra charging case that's a hundred dollar value right there a free extra charging case is included with the new buy one get the other for 149.99 each when you go to mdhearing.com mdhearing.com and use the promo code steve i just saw during the break that uh, a writer at arizona central was has, has written about nefarious and um here's the headline on his piece his name is bill goody Kuntz. Bill Goodykunz is his name. You ever heard of Bill Goodykunz? I have not. Uh, no. Okay. Nefarious uses horror to tell a faith-based story, but Glenn Beck's cameo is really scary. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> Need I read more? To which, which, <laughs> this is how Glenn replies. Well, Bill Goodykunz, <laughs> it is a horror movie. I think I snorted. I'm sorry. <laughs> Prepare for a lot of dumb. Yes. Yeah. Now now that this is going to get out into the general public, stuff's going to get dumb fast. 
I will tell you though, I would prefer dumb over the demonic man with the, you know. Uh, yeah, they kind of go hand in hand. That's yeah, Todd Erzin's razor right that, there. That, that might okay. Give me the dumb then the dumb form of demonic over the current form I'm experiencing. All right, uh, but that's uh, absolutely hilarious. So as we are sitting here tonight is the night. Uh, nearly a thousand theaters around the country. If you have, it's funny how many of you I can tell don't go to the theaters very often. God bless you. Because I've gotten a ton of emails from people. Are you sure this thing opens on April 14th? Because my theater's showing that it's going to be on Thursday night. Uh, it, like 10 years ago, they, they started a thing where it used to be like a special engagement for like big, big movies. They've done that for, you know, about 20 mm-hmm. years now. But about 10 years ago, pretty much any movie now, the theaters have, the, have permission uh, from the distributor to open the movie on a Thursday night instead of a Friday. It's just you've always picked Friday as the release date as a tradition. Okay, so no confusion there. Cause I, and by the way, I know what your emails are about. You want to make sure no one is trying to pirate our movie or do something that we don't want them to do, which we appreciate you having our backs. So yes, tonight, theaters across the country, and then even more tomorrow, um, the the public will get its first chance to see this movie we are extremely proud of and have gotten overwhelmingly positive reaction to called Nefarious. Yet, challenges still remain when it comes to the church. Well, the movie's rated R. Well, the movie's this. Well, the movie's that. Yeah, the movie's this. You know, I, I prefer to be culturally ineffective. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's not a question I get asked. That's my interpretation of said questions. Okay. <laughs> That's the greatest line you've ever said did on this show, you, at least like, for me. Did you like Because it all is that. Everything you said before that, it's that. Yeah. I, I prefer to be completely irrelevant in the current fight we're in. Yes. <laughs> Don't encourage me with stuff like this. I'll take us down a very dark path. All right? You just made me so happy, though. <laughs> it's so true. All right. So to that end... I, I taped an interview a few days ago with our friends here at the family leader whom we share office space with because they're getting these questions. I mean, they've got a um, uh, they've got a network of literally tens of thousands of churches across the country who also have questions. Well, I mean, the poster, it, I mean, dude, if I was pastor of a church, I wouldn't put that poster in the lobby. OK, but I didn't I didn't make we didn't make that poster to be put in the lobby of a church. You put it to be made in the lobby of a theater to get the audience that's, you know, we're trying to reach to turn who's who's turned away from us. They are not impressed with our Hawaiian shirts. They are not impressed with our sweater vests, not impressed with our padded our, 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 our pleated khakis, not impressed. They've just they've turned away from us. So we're trying to get him to turn and look at that, that poster over Todd's shoulder, trying to get him to turn and look at that. OK. Get, because we're, we're thinking that might get their attention. At least that's our hope. And that's why we are marketing the movie the way that we are. But the marketing doesn't necessarily line up with the full message of the movie. And that's what I got into with this interview I did with our friends at The Family Leader to talk about objections churches may have to nefarious. You get a chance to watch it for Theology Thursday, and then we'll discuss it right here next. Hello, and welcome to this exclusive interview with Steve Dace, one of the principal creative minds behind the new movie, Nefarious, coming to theaters this April 14th. My name is Drew Zahn, Director of Communications with The Family Leader. I'm also a former pastor, youth pastor, and professional film critic, which is one of the reasons it was my great privilege to interview Steve earlier today. Steve is formerly one of the main voices on WHO Radio right here in Des Moines. Today, he's a national TV host on Blaze TV Network, and he's also the author of a book called A Nefarious Plot. 
And this movie that we're talking about is based on his book, a prequel of sorts to the book, A Nefarious Plot. And earlier I had the chance to ask him about the writing of that book and how that book became a movie. So I was in Washington, D.C. the first time I ever visited uh, our nation's capital. And uh, I got inspired to write a book because where else is it better to be inspired to write about a demonic takeover of America than Washington, D.C.? And uh, I, I got inspired to write a book that was uh, meant, you know me, I'm kind of go big or go home, you know? So I'd written exactly one book. So let me see if I can write a sequel to The Screwtape Letters. Why not? Take on C.S. Lewis. Yeah, Why not? let's just yeah. take that on. We'll just move right on. Yeah, and uh, let's move it on up. And uh, I, I wanted to take, though, his concept of taking us behind the veil of the temptation of us as individuals. And to, uh, you know, if you're going to do a sequel, the threat's got to be even bigger, right? You know, and so what about the takedown of an entire culture? And when I wrote the book, I really, I wrote about things that I thought were probably 10, 20, 30 years down the road, on the road that we were going down. And now, you know, we're just finishing on my show. We're finishing a study, probably the final one we're ever going to do, because the book is, doesn't seem prophetic any longer. It seems like it's the headlines that we're living right now. And um, when uh, I, I was asked to be on Glenn Beck's show uh, after it came out, a few months after it came out, and uh, uh, driving around Burbank, California that day were uh, the guys at Believe Entertainment. It was a brand new company that uh, they were the script writers for Pure Flix. They had written Pure Flix's biggest hit, God's Not Dead. And they decided they were going to break out kind of on their own and do their own production company where they could direct now. And they maybe wanted to do a little bit more adult uh, faith-based subject matter. And they had just determined that their first movie was going to be uh, Abby Johnson's Unplanned. That was going to be their first movie. And so, you know, they're wondering, what might our next movie be? And they hear me talking about this book uh, on, on Beck's show. And they're like, wow, that, that could be a movie. So they go back to the office, they start reading it, they get it on Kindle, start reading it, and they're like, absolutely, you know? And that night, they sent me an email saying, hey, we wanna buy the movie rights to your book. And I, I thought it was like a Nigerian prince scam. So I just deleted the email, and that little voice in the back of your head said, eh, you might wanna double check that and just make sure. And that started us on this adventure that we've been on. Uh, you know, Unplanned had its run. We were gonna start Nefarious right after, but then COVID hit. And so we started working uh, pre-production on Nefarious with the storyboarding process and everything uh, began in June of 2020. And it has been an incredible ordeal to get to this point. The uh, amount, and I, I, I am, you know, more from the reformed, more intellectual side of, you know, Christian thinking and theology. I just have no other way to describe what the last couple of years have been like other than just open spiritual warfare to get this movie out. Um, we have just faced things that movies don't typically face. Um, on the other hand, we have been, you know, we've seen that war fought the other side. We've seen doors that God has opened and opportunities he's given us that we didn't have the resources to make happen or manifest with our budget alone. And so it's been both the most challenging and most rewarding moment the last few years of, of you know, my time as a Christian. And this movie, I mean, look, I mean, I'll, I'll take credit, I guess, or blame. This poster behind us is largely my design. I wouldn't put it in, the, you know, our church, the time you and I are taping this, our church is going to actually host a screening of the movie tonight at Valley uh, EV Free as, a, as kind of a church outreach thing. But I mean, I wouldn't put this poster in the lobby of my own church. Okay. Mm -hmm. But this isn't for the people watching this. I mean, the marketing anyway. 
Let me interrupt you right there for just a moment, uh, Steve. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But I want to go back to what you said just a moment ago when you talked about how the trailer, the movie poster, this doesn't really look like the typical thing you see in, in church on Sunday morning or church at all. Uh, mm -hmm. Would you tell us a little bit about how this movie is specifically bringing in biblical worldview in a way that we haven't seen before? I, I think a lot of it is kind of emblematic of when I started on WHO. My bumper music was different, my tone was different, my sound was different. I'm a different generation, I represent a different generation. But if you look at a lot of the shows we did and the content we did, you can see why Van Harden picked me to be on. And you can see you know, that I was really an extension of my mentor, Jan Michelson. I was just a younger, my own man, but I was a younger version of it to reach this generation. And that's what we do with this film, Drew. Um, this is not a, the culture has heard all of the Hawaiian shirt guys. They've heard all the sweater vest guys. They've heard the soft sell. We've taken them to the softer side of Sears um, and the chummy points of the Bible, and they've largely rejected it if you look at the, the path our culture is on. So in this case, we're going to try a different way. And what they're really attracted to right now is darkness. There's two kinds of movies that are, that are dominating at the box office right now. Uh, you know, superhero big budget movies or like a maverick kind of a movie and horror films or thriller films, you know. And so we didn't have the budget to do like a, a, a big budget version of a Frank Peretti novel. OK, so we're going to choose the other venue and we it, it will look and sound without profanity and um, crudity and nudity. None of that is in this film. So it'll look, but in terms of its tone and, and the grittiness of it, it'll look and sound like a lot of the big major thrillers of the 90s, Seven, Silence of the Lambs, et cetera. But make no mistake, and you will see it, particularly we get about 30 minutes into the film. Once, the, once we feel like the unbeliever is emotionally connected to this story, this, we, we flip the script on them. And the worldview of the movie comes out, and it, and it flies its colors boldly the whole rest of the film. This movie is a thriller, but it is with the intent of grabbing the culture by the throat and saying to them, you're about, you're right to the lip, man, the tape line of the mouth of madness. If you take one more step, you're belly flopping and not coming back. Are you sure? Do, and we're going to introduce them to the origin of the worldview. The, the, they think they're so enlightened. They think they've got it all figured out. They think that, we're the, that they are the people we've been waiting for. And in this film, our, our, our protagonist is a left-wing atheistic psychiatrist, because other than Jordan Peterson, there are no other kinds of those, apparently. And he walks into that cell meeting nefarious and thinks, I'm the enlightened one. I know all the answers. I know what's real and what's not. And he's going to meet kind of his dark Yoda. He's going to show him where his values and beliefs really come from. And over the course of this movie, you'll see that it wrecks him and it causes him to reevaluate his entire belief system worldview. And, and maybe he was wrong about everything. And so could we make a movie that we could present this message, but in a way that you could take your unbelieving friends and family to, if you show them the trailer, they'd be like, oh, that looks cool. I want to go. But then they're going to come in and maybe not get the worldview that they were anticipating. One of my favorite things I've read so far is a horror blogger did a review of our trailer. And he talked about how much he loved our trailer, how cool it was. Then he looked us up and he's like, but aren't we supposed to hate these guys? I love that. Uh -huh. This looks so cool. It looks like what we like. But wait a minute. Don't we hate these people? OK, I, I don't know. Do I want to see it? Maybe I do. For, for 80 years, Hollywood has successfully used a formula where half of our brain, our logic center knew this is anathema. I really shouldn't be ingesting this. The other half of our brain was like, wow, I'm entertained. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, satiated by this. I, I want to get to the end and see how it goes. And that's how they have been desensitizing us for decades. We borrowed that formula here. 
but we turned it the other way. Um, okay, fine. You want to, you want the story to look and sound like this. And even Jesus revolution does this. I mean, in Jesus revolution, we see a crop duster go over, you know, a Tim Timothy Leary rally and drop LSD from the air. You watch them take drugs. You watch people OD on drugs. And so later in the movie, when you see Greg Laurie's salvation, now it's not cheesy, it's impactful because you, you went through who he once was, the wretch that he was, and now it means something. The stakes are real. And that's what we did in our movie too. The stakes here are real. And, and you're, it's just now you're gonna see this though from the other side of the street. So clearly this is a movie that is meeting people where they are mm -hmm. and bringing a message to them. Mm -hmm. But one of the people I know, one of the groups of people I know who's going to be watching this particular video is pastors. Mm -hmm. uh, and pastors who are wondering, how do I engage my people or am I even willing to engage my people with something where the movie poster looks like what's behind me? Right. So what would you say to pastors who are thinking about, trying to think about this film? I think that number one, the, one of the leading sources of entertainment in America today deals with spirituality, the, the occult, demonic activity, the thriller or the horror genre, and the idea that we have just basically surrendered all of that supernatural material to the world system, I think is a terrible idea. I mean, we see Jesus uh, casting out demons. Uh, we see the disciples casting out demons. Um, I think that we, that's our home space. And so I think that we should be the ones with obviously a biblical worldview in mind and leading the way in the plumb line, but we should be owning the supernatural space, number one. Um, no, number two, the reality is if we're all going to be honest with each other, and you know, I know no other way to do this other than that. Um, this film absolutely did not deserve an R rating. It is more intense than the typical Christian film for sure. But I mean, you've seen it. There's, there's not an ounce of blood in the movie. No, you don't see anybody's head get cut off. No one climbs up walls or no heads turn, 360s. Uh, there aren't any four-letter words. Or, so uh, the reason that this was rated R is because um, the, the, the demonic MPAA, no other way to describe it, saw how well it was made, was deathly afraid that your kids would uh, take their unbelieving high school friends and college friends to, the mo to a movie that they typically wouldn't go see in our genre, but because it looks like something they like, that they would take them to this movie and be impacted by it. And so one way to do that, let's slap an R rating on it and every mom will say, youth group mom will say, my kid can't see that movie. Uh, I think that's exactly what happened in this film. And I, I go back to the first time we ever screened this movie, one of our, one of our investors brought his grandkids who are high school age. and. Uh, the looks on those kids' faces, Drew, they're like, yeah, a few years ago in the Super Bowl, uh, who was the player who said, I'm only here at the press conference so I don't get fined, right? These poor kids look like, I'm only here so I get rid of grandpa's will, basically, okay? I don't, the last place I want to be on a Saturday night is a grandpa's cheesy Christian movie, all right? By the end of that film, they're like, holy cow, I'm going back to school on Monday. I'm telling all my friends about this film. I want to take them to the film. And see, that's what they're afraid of, that we would break out of that box and that's why they gave us an R rating. Uh, the, the marketing of the film is, is subversive. We are marketing this film from the, if you look at the trailer, and you've seen the movie, everything in the trailer is in the movie. It's just not presented in the trailer the way that it actually is in the movie. Sure. So everything is being done here subversively. Uh, we are attempting to reach an audience that desperately needs the truth of what we believe uh, before it is too late. And they're going to get it. And you will see when you, all I would urge you to do is to give the movie a chance. Um, I'm happy to send screeners to anybody who wants one. I'm, because, I mean, I saw the look on your face.
before we, when I was telling you about the movie. And then I saw the look on your face after you saw the movie. It's true. Okay? And so the, you will be very pleased. Everyone watching this will be very pleased where this movie goes by the end of it. Um, but at first, we've got to draw that audience that we need this message to reach more than anyone else. We need to draw them in first. Speaking of drawing them in, okay, we've talked about the philosophy behind the film, uh, the heart behind the film, even some of the, the theology behind the film. Mm -hmm. But we haven't talked much about the plot of the film. Mm -hmm. So let's tease the audience. Give mm -hmm. me like 30 seconds tops of what is this movie about? Tease them, whet their appetite for seeing this film on April 14th. There's a serial killer on death row. He claims, I'm not guilty because I was demonically possessed when I committed these crimes. The court appoints a psychiatrist. He's an atheist. He's an academic. He thinks he knows it all. And he thinks he's just going to go in, check the box. This is a scam. No one believes this stuff. And he's going to get much more than he bargained for. And his worldview is going to get wrecked in the process. And it'll leave him reevaluating everything that he once thought was true. The movie is called Nefarious. My name is Drew Zahn. Thank you, Steve Dace, for joining us. And thank you for joining us. Uh, I encourage you to check out Nefarious when it opens Friday, April 14th. So you guys think we adequately handled the issues that uh, some of the pastoral community and some of our own uh, listeners and viewers who are believers have had with going and seeing the film and supporting it from the beginning? I don't know. We're going to find out. And we're going to find out soon. Um, it's, a, it's about, we, we talked about it uh, when you were gone. Ultimately, it's about showing up. Not, not everybody has uh, your gifts, uh, Steve, uh, but... We believe uh, what you believe, as do our listeners. So instead of asking what to do, it's more about just going out and doing the best you can when you see something has to be done. So we did that on your show. But th these these pastors uh, uh, bringing up that, and you know I'm I'm quite obsessed about this. Is the thing I'm most interested in about the movie th this segment. Uh, what excuses might be made because there's. This is why I was laughing so hard. Now I'm being serious. There's no good ones. There's, there's no good ones, broadly speaking. With an individual tried, my child, uh, you know, whatever age they might be, a young teenager might be a little too emotional, need to wait. Fine, mm -hmm. whatever, mm -hmm. whatever. Sure. But broadly speaking, do you, do you know what time it is? And uh, none of your excuses are good enough to say th this just is not something that we are about. If 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 that is your your answer, um, there's nothing you could have said or talked about with Drew right there uh, that would have been good enough because they won't even listen to the Lord Himself. I mean, I don't. Reading, I mean, do you like edit out when you're reading the Bible right? and they and they address demon? Just skim past you that. What do you do? You mentioned that yesterday. Yeah. Uh, either before or after the movie, I don't remember. And that's so right on. If you read, just read the three synoptic gospels back to back to back. So you're getting these are this is apocalyptic literature. There is no there is no hippie Jesus there. And somehow we've forgotten that. As Christians, Catholic or Protestant, all evangelicals, whatever, we have really got high on our own supply of nonsense. So we're going to find out. And I pray, I pray it, it's not the most depressing possible answer I can conceive of. You did your best. I mean, on all fronts, 
And there were a lot of fronts, and the fronts are not closed yet, are they, Steve? No. Nope. On no. all fronts, <laughs> you have absolutely, I believe, you and the entire team have done your best. The rest, I believe, is up to the Holy Spirit. Because at the end of the day, um, this movie, and this was true back the moment before you got a, a phone call from, um, uh, was it Chris at Believe Entertainment saying, hey, uh, Carrie, Carrie was the first one to read Carrie, yep. uh, you know, got that email. That was true the, the moment before he sent that email. And it was true the moment after the lights came down, after the red carpet premiere last week in Dallas. This movie was going to rise or fall on the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, I am of the belief, and I have, I'm not the one dealing with uh, spiritual attacks at the level that you are and that your team has. So in an effort to not sound trite, I have avoided saying this uh, to anyone, basically. I just have a hard time believing the number of doors that were opened that cannot be explained by anything other than the Holy Spirit moving and God's sovereignty and good grace. The number, the dozens of doors that were opened, the attacks that you faced and faced down in the making of this movie. I, I just have a hard time believing God would work in all of those various ways. Allow so many people to come under attack and then just let this movie flop and do nothing. So on this front, the Christian audience front, it is just basically what, what Todd said. We're going to see. I'm hopeful. I'm absolutely hopeful. I think you've done your best to sell, but we're going to find out one way or another here very shortly, actually, in a matter of probably hours. We're going to see if uh, if there is an audience for this, because this is not this is not for Christians. It was made by Christians, but it's for non-believers. But absolutely for the youth group crowd, this could be a formative, a formative event in young minds and lives. I mean, I still remember some of the feelings that I had as a youngster, I'm not sure how how young I was, I would have been maybe 11, 12, 13, when I was reading Frank Peretti's, I think, Piercing the Darkness. Mm -hmm. That still stands out to me. I remember where I was the first time I read Screwtape Letters. That is the impact that God's gift of these various platforms and, and methods of communication, that is the impact that they can have. And um, I just pray... I just pray for the believer and the non-believer, but because of this conversation, specifically the believers, that they will not let, oh, this is icky. Just basically, hey, it's icky. I, I pray that they don't let that hold them back from seeing this film. Because, again, I think the proof is in the pudding of, of making this film. It is powerful. This culture is on the brink of death. And one of the things that has brought it to the brink of death is how soft, cowardly, complacent we have become. 
We have turned nicety into an idol. We have taken some, we have taken, taken something that should be a virtue and turned it into an idol. We turned niceness and kindness into an idol. To the point we are really no threat at all to the enemy. He's just mowing us over. And those neighbors you say you're trying to love into the kingdom, he's mowing them over too. If we don't quickly understand that the only standard we don't have to violate, we cannot violate, is the integrity of our witness according to the principles of the word of God. And everything short of that is fair game for shrewdity, for manipulation, for use, for aggression, for confrontation, anything short of bringing mm-hmm. of, of bringing a, a you know disappointment and disrepute to God's reputation of the testimony he put in us. Anything short of that though is open and fair game. In any war blood will be spilled. Blood was spilled in this war too. We just celebrated over the weekend that someone else spilled their blood to win this war for us. The least we could do is dirty our hands a little bit for him. Roll up the sleeves of those sweater vests a little bit. Get our hands a little bit dirty. Be wise as serpents. Yeah, get maybe maybe a few calluses on those hands. A few scabs from being in some fights. Maybe a few. Early in the movie, there is a line, and I won't tell you what it is. I won't have to, because when you see it, you'll know it's about us. And every audience I've ever shown it to, whether it's one or hundreds, the believers have winced every time because they know who it's about. It's about us. Almost the rest of this movie is a provoking of them, but that one scene is a provoking of us. They won't understand the evil that they are embracing until we embrace the fight against that evil we are in. And not a moment sooner. We are sentencing this culture to death. We are nicing it to death. We are kinding it to death. Because idolatry, always, of any form, always leads to death. Spring is here, which means it is time to tell you yet again about our good friends over at Tyga Coolers, the veteran-owned cooler company made right here in the U.S. of A. They employ actual Americans, unlike any most of the other cooler companies who also uh, make their products in China. Uh, their price is also less than other premium cooler brands as well. Most importantly, they're even in stock. No supply chain issues there. You can choose the lid, base colors, create your own design, add any image to it. That's right. They will customize it for you, as you can see right there on the screen. They customized a couple for me last year, including a nefarious one, which I think I can show you now. I just couldn't show it to you a year ago, but I think it's okay now that the movie's coming out for me to show it to you. They did a great job. Uh, a few of the others they made for us, they, we can't show you because they made them with our favorite teams. And so if I showed those to you, I think the Blaze would like be a copyright violation of some kind. But... This is really cool, right? Yeah, very. Very cool. I mean, you got an Iowa one, you got a Wisconsin one, I got a Michigan one. Absolutely top-notch. Great gifts. 
Uh, for your family, friends, your clients, enter the promo code Steve for a 10% discount when you go to taigacoolers.com. T-A-I-G-A, T-A-I-G-A, taigacoolers.com. 10% off for a discount when you use the promo code Steve at taigacoolers.com. It is now time for three non-political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? Question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on the Steve Day Show. And that means it is time. There she is, my daughter, Anastasia. Good to see you again, Princess. How are you? I'm doing well, Dad. How are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, I'm guessing you've got some good questions for us this week. You did good in your debut last week. Thank you. Thank- so do you yeah. agree then? I should have put that as one of the questions. Do you agree that I am your favorite kid then? You did a great job with the questions last week. I don't have a favorite kid. I mean, I made a fair point though. All three of you have asked me that numerous times throughout you, the course of your lives and I've given you the same answer at every point in time. I mean, if only they I could answer it on the show. Kid. If I, only they could answer it on the show if only you invited them on here. So our first question today. Gosh. Do your kids do this too? Want to know who, their fa- who your favorite kid is? No? Uh, no or are you just a better parent? You're I a better dad than um, me. Well, I yeah. don't recall ever getting that question, but... I have gotten it quite a bit, actually, uh, from all three of them. Is it trolling? I, I don't know. I mean, it, there's been, it, you know, they've each played their different roles. You know, I mean, Anna was always the, the, she's the leader. She's the oldest. So she's the alpha. Okay. Zoe was always the one that if the, if the kid, if the other two wanted something, they'd always send Zoe in to ask me thinking I couldn't tell her no. Right. And then Noah's just my little dude, man. He's just my little dude. You know, even though he's almost as tall as me now. So, but I love you all and none of you are my favorite. You know what? All of you are my favorite, actually, now that I think about it. That was it. good. You're all my favorite. That was good. Do you like that? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Okay. So, that, so yes, you can say it, yeah, that you are my favorite child because you're all my favorite. This is torture. Okay. Okay, let's just move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they don't care about this. We'll, have, we'll talk about this later. All right. So my first question is, if you could bring anyone in the whole entire world to see Nefarious, who would you bring? And Why? Oh man, I can. That's a that's such a great question. I'd not even thought about it. Pope Francis. Ah, uh, dang it, Todd. That was good. <laughs> that's be my a good answer. answer. That that is a good answer. If I could bring any Donald Trump, that's who I'd bring. I'd bring Donald Trump to see the film. Would you bring him to ice cream afterwards, like you tell everybody to bring? Yes. Well, for 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 the Donald, you'd have to take him to McDonald's. It sounds like afterwards, right? He'd he'd want to. He's gonna probably want. He's gonna be more of your filet fish and a large fry kind of guy, my understanding. So uh, yeah, but I I and I won't say Pope Francis only because you did that. That's that's a great idea. But so I, I that left me immediately wondering who else has large, massive platforms. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, the, the next first it's, name that came to mind was Donald Trump. And that's part of my answer because, like, I, Pope Francis has said some amazing things about the devil. And the, I mean, he, he believes in it. Uh, so my answer is he's weird and confusing and frustrating in other fronts. But on this, he believes in this. Uh, that would, but the size of his platform is such as if he's, he went in there and said, whoa, 
you got to see this nefarious thing. Mm-hmm. That's undeniable gold. Yeah. Might be hard to. So somebody named Vince on Twitter. Did you get, did you see this, Steve? Somebody named Vince just sent a screenshot. Every showing of nefarious that they're trying to go to at this theater is sold out currently. Wow. wow. Where's this at? Texas, it looks like. Wow. Edinburgh. The Edinburgh 18. Sorry about that. Wow. Um, I think for me, I'm narrowing it down between... Elon Musk, Joe Rogan, again, or yeah, Jordan mm. Peterson, yeah. people with huge platforms, platforms of, that could that would that them being impacted the film, being impacted by the film would then impact others. Those are all great. Uh, yes. By the way, I, I tried to get the movie to Jordan Peterson. I actually spoke directly to his assistant. He has had a screener for about two weeks. I mean, I, I mean, I, I did everything. I mean, did the movies about a psychiatrist? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I, I played every angle possible okay i i don't know if he saw the film i i figured after i i bugged his poor assistant three times that was probably enough i didn't you know at, at some at some point the poor woman puts a restraining order against me or blocks my email say, that's amazing for straight <laughs> restraint from you that is. Yeah. yeah for me only i mean our colleague eric july heard from me about 30 times and it finally worked uh but no i i i did i was able to get directly to jordan peterson's personal assistant and and get a screener to him i don't know if he ever saw it though but uh, I tried with him. I have no ability. I, I don't, I wouldn't know how people, how many times people have sent me notes. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you love to go on Joe Rogan? Well, yeah, but that'd I, be something I'd yeah, want to I think see. you guys have, don't understand. I don't know how to make that happen. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't have a clue how to make that occur. Call him up guys. Just yeah. like you're calling up those theaters. Call yes. Joe Rogan right now. Yeah. So of those three, like I, I think Jordan Peterson is already receptive to spiritual things. I think of the two remaining, I actually think Elon Musk would probably be the most receptive, at the very least, on an intellectual level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably take and, it. And Jeremy Lamaster from the Babylon Bee, whom is the reason that Elon Musk even bought Twitter. I mean, he, ha- he, play- he has a role in our film. He plays one of the security guards in our movie. So we could go to Elon with that angle. Hey, you're a Babylon Bee fan. One of the Babylon Bee guys mm. is in the movie. What do you think? Did you just come up with that idea right I, here, I right now? I did just now. Yeah, just thinking about it when he mentioned Elon Musk, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, I might tweet it at him later today and get completely ignored. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I'll tell him, hey, it's Steve Dace with the BBC, Elon. I got an idea for you. Yeah. Maybe that'll get his attention. Okay. My next question is, what are all of your guys' guilty pleasure, what is your guilty pleasure movie? So maybe maybe we should put like a thing on here like it's okay to break the dude code oh, for this. Oh, I I know right away. All right, you go first then. Go ahead. This is I mean we have watched this. We haven't watched it this year yet, but watched it multiple times, multiple times over the past few years. And there are segments, there are parts of the movie that Bella has to fast forward through uh, for me. But it is without a doubt the worst movie that was ever attempted to be made in an earnest fashion. And it's called The Room. I've talked about it before, I think. It is made by some dude of mysterious origin. He says he's from New Orleans, uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. The, uh, the Big Easy, uh, he's not from New Orleans. New Orleans. Uh, his name is Tommy Wiseau. He had a fortune in like hosiery or something like that and selling, selling, um, selling uh, shirts and uh, apparel and things in San Francisco at this pile of money. I think he's got a head injury and he really likes movies. So he made one of his own and it's called the room and it is terrible. But now it's, it's so terrible. It's actually funny and it has a cult following. So 
that would be that would be mine. We've had this conversation before, right? Where it's not the room that I we're thinking of, where it's no. like the little boy and the nope. mom. No, nope. it's something different. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Todd? I don't. I don't really have one. I don't. I don't watch movies that much. You hear those? I mean, footsteps? I used to have back in the day that we like the Naked Gun, which you know. Those are that's a classic. Yeah, but I haven't seen that in forever. It's like I so. I just don't have one right now. There needs to Nefarious be a- coming out April 14th and tonight in select theaters. That'd be it. As great as that movie is, that's if, if that was your guilty pleasure, go to. <laughs> I mean, just oh, I'm on my 20th viewing. Just wow. I don't know. Steve, you. There needs to be a hold level punishment if we refuse to answer the question. I, I think anything that you did to take one for the team for a famale or um as a dad for family movie night should not count those are noble gestures right so like i right. I, I you know i i mean your mom and i have this tradition about once a year we i i will take one for the team you pick the romantic comedy or ro- a romantic movie you want to go see and i'll go see it and uh usually i'll do it right before football season all right that's kind of a way to pay forward what the next three months are going to be like and uh one year we went and saw the notebook man i freaking loved it i actually loved the movie thought it was great but i don't count that as a guilty pleasure because i you know that's you did that for a woman so i will go with um um i've got one you have one go ahead monty python on the whole there you go that's a a classic though (laughs) i don't Okay. Look, at, I am a classic. I'm gonna I'm, go. <laughs> have, oh my! The bar is high, people. You know this. It's me. Anna is rubbing off on Todd a little bit. I think. Wow. I know she's giving your daughter guitar lessons. She's giving you humility lessons well, here, as well. Whatever. I am a classic. Here, here's the. I am here's what you know. Whatever movie. It hasn't happened in a while, but it happened enough where it's just like that. You're, you're scrolling through the movie that is so dumb and you just let your wife looks at you like this is so stupid and you say i know but you're just you're in your moment that yep. whatever that movie is that's my guilty pleasure okay okay um i'm gonna say there was before the before marvel had its own movie studio and before they um, even started the mcu with the iron man in the late 90s they they tried to make movies with the uh, schlock B-movie d- director, Roger Corman. And they made a few, they made one for Captain America. That's not very good. Okay. Um, and a couple of others. The worst one they made is a Fantastic Four film. You remember, I Wait, think I made you watch yeah, this Yeah, 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 yeah. There's worse Fantastic Four th- th- movies this, than the ones that were made this, by two. Oh, 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 yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, yes. this is the one where the kid opens the door and then they're and like, play? they're like, they're like, can we go, come to, on, space? We go to space with you? And then they yeah. just like leave their home and go to outer yes. space. Yes. It, the, but the, the ones the the, like the last one they made, uh, that was so bad from 2015, this, the Roger Corman, fantastic four film is so bad, so cheesy that it's actually entertaining. It is, it is absolutely in guilty pleasure category. If you can find it, you have to get a bootleg copy of it, one of which I bought at a Star Trek convention once. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. There's another unpack. thread. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not all of us can be. I am a classic. Okay. 
You like <laughs> soccer, so there. All right. But uh, no, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four film from the 90s is Drek, but it is very entertaining, Drek. I was wondering if you were going to say the Star Wars Christmas special. Except that's kind of almost, again, become a cult classic mm. in a way, you know, as the years have gone on. I would have said that like 20 years ago, but now the thing has kind of become more of a cult classic again. That thing but is the Star weird. Wars holiday special is is terrible as <laughs> That's well. That's so yes, weird. It's bad. That's weird. And then my last question is if you can give the audience one word to describe how you're feeling about Nefarious opening. Anxious. <sighs> I mean, I'm, I'm anxious for people to see it is what I mean. Uh-huh. I'm anxious for people uh-huh. to see it. Uh, okay, I will accept that pivot because there <laughs> needed to be a pivot. Good grief. I thought I was about to get classics right here on the stage. <laughs> Man, this is this is the side of Steve Dace. Like, he just, look at what he did. I mean, he I told him I was like, I, I, he landed this plane. He landed this plane. But, you know, it, his way of the supercomputer in there is going to glitch here and it's going to be making ridiculous comparisons to the movies that happen to come out that it's this movie is the good the true and the beautiful and it doesn't matter what else is going on around it um full stop and i mean he's going to be his own worst enemy so everybody else three or four weeks i could foresee a scenario where todd and i come over to your house and at gunpoint force you to like play (laughs) NCAA football 14 or Madden or something like that. Let it go. Let it go. Yes. Okay. Let it go. Yeah. So what's your one word then? I don't even remember the question okay. is anymore. Your one oh, word. About the movie? Yeah. yeah to, to describe, describe how you're feeling, feeling about, about the movie movie's release. I'm... I'm Ricky Bobby. I just wake up in the morning and piss excellence. So that's, uh, can, can you say excellence? that? Excellence I, I is one did. word. Excellence. Okay, it's, there you go. Yeah. What about you, Aaron? I think joyous. I mean, this has been coming up on seven years now. Seven years. Um, you know, it's more like six and a half right now or getting close to that. But seven years of anticipation. Is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? Is this going to keep happening, mm-hmm. as, you've, as you've pointed out? This is a this is a triumph. Um, it should be a celebration. So I'm I'm pretty happy, joyous. Thank you, Princess. Yeah, thank you. All right, this weekend in Nashville, our colleague Jason Whitlock has the fearless roll call. Uh, he wants to inspire men around the country with this all day event, encouraging you to put on the full armor of God to take a stand against the evil forces threatening our culture at this conference you're going to hear speeches from jason several other special guests uh to inspire encourage and convict you but you're running out of time because it's this weekend so go to fearlessarmyrollcall.com and reserve your spot today fearlessarmyrollcall.com again reserve your spot today at fearlessarmyrollcall.com gentlemen final thoughts on the show today we got about a minute left Oh boy! Final thoughts on this show today are uh, Red Balloon. Why? Uh, going back to that, wh- why is that possible? It, it's possible because of a choice—a choice that a lot of people just didn't want to make because they were told the way. Just this is how things are. The lazy thinking we just have about you know looking around to your left and looking to your right. No. Remember 
whom you serve do not accept the lies go out and chart your own course it's always possible no matter what it's always possible that also happens to be what nefarious is about that movie's full of choices are you gonna make them yeah i mean that's that we always have choices like rfk jr was saying yesterday we never comply out mm-hmm. of any dire situation that we find ourselves in. That's the beauty of, of the Christian walk as well, the promise that our Savior gives us. We're not bound and determined. We're not here on our own. We just have to make the right choice. And there's always the right choice to make. Well said. Thank you guys very much. We'll stick around and do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.